All right, everybody, welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play Podcast. We're starting a new format here. Um, we're going to be doing two uploads a week, one dedicated to hockey and the other dedicated to the NFL. Um, we're going to be trying to do this in order to get more direct content to you guys um, rather than our two-hour-long episodes. We're going to try and keep these ones a little bit shorter. Um, this one's going to be coming out on, a two, on the first part of the week. The NFL will generally be on the second half of the week. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of NHL here, talk about the season plans, a little bit about our team, the Penguins. Um, then we're just going to get into who we think is going to make the playoffs based off top four in each division. Um, and then anything else we have time for today. Uh, Eve's not going to be joining us, but it's going to be me, Zach, and I'm going to have uh, Dante with me. Um, so Dante, why don't you go ahead and get right into uh, the plans for the NHL season and kind of what it's looking like for um, – the structure and into playoffs yes so we finally have some hockey to talk about here it's an exciting time um excited to get this going i'm sure hockey fans everywhere can't wait for the season to start a little bit of uncertainty headed around in november a lot of people didn't think this was going to happen but all that matters is we're finally here and like i said just excited to get this going here so with obviously covid and everything going on uh the league wanted to cut down on traveling as much as possible so we have four new realigned divisions, um, one being the all-Canadian division in the north, the east, which is pretty much, I mean, you could call it the super metro, because it's basically the Penguins' old division, the metro, but we're just swapping uh, Carolina and Columbus, I believe, for, and you're adding in Boston and Buffalo. So adding in the best team in the conference last regular season into the Penguins' division. It's going to be a dogfight in that division, to say the least. Um, the central and then also the West, which is pretty much the Pacific Division. So um, teams that did not participate in the return to play in August, last August, they're going to report to camp on December 31st at New Year's Eve. So their, their New Year's plans are going to be at the first day of training camp. So that's excited. Those teams are Anaheim, Buffalo, Detroit, L.A., New Jersey, Ottawa, and San Jose. Then the remaining 24 teams who all participated in the Toronto Hub We'll report on January 3rd, giving those teams, you know, I, I guess four days extra rest. Uh, I'm not really sure the motive behind that. I mean, it's just four days. But uh, January 13th, we're getting this thing kicked off here. Uh, Pens and the Flyers just announced today they're going to be the first game of the year. I think it's 730. Um, so that's where we, 12, what was it? 530? 530. Yep. 530. So looking forward to Pittsburgh versus Philly. Always an entertaining game there. Uh, if you look at the schedule, it's kind of, like I said, trying to cut down on the traveling. It, there's a lot and a lot of back-to-backs, and we're going to get into this later when we get into our division picks, how that's going to play into a factor um, with who we think is going to end up coming up strong in this thing. But So season starts on January 13th. Uh, the trade deadline is on April 12th. Last day of the regular season is May 8th, which means the playoffs will start tentatively around May 11th or so. And then the last possible day of the Stanley Cup final is going to be July 6th. So we're going to get some more summer hockey. Uh, beautiful. But 56-game uh, regular season, like I said, it's going to end around May 8th, May 11th. That's when the playoffs start. Then we have the expansion draft coming up after this regular season, or after the Stanley Cup final. So something else to look forward to here. But uh, looking forward into the playoffs. So I mentioned about the realignment of the divisions. Um, so how this is going to go is... Top four teams in each division are going to 
advance to the first round of the playoffs. And it's also worth mentioning that during the regular season and the first two rounds of the playoffs, teams will only play teams that are in their respective divisions. So they will not play outside of their division until potentially round three. So how that's going to work is you're going to have the first two uh, top four teams in each division. Uh, Teams one through four will play each other the first two rounds of the playoffs. And then each team remaining in each division one through four will be reseeded, and then you'll have your semifinals and eventually the Stanley Cup finals. So that's an interesting format, and we're going to dive into that. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to be able to be talk about this again and looking forward to the, the upcoming season. You know, about a month ago, it didn't look like this was actually going to happen. I remember the, the second time you came back on after a while there, um, we were kind of worried. You know, there was positivity that some sort of plans were coming out, but for the longest time, it looked like, you know, there was never going to be uh, any sort of common ground with uh, what the owners were looking to get uh, kind of taken off player salaries and what the players wanted to have. Um, we know that those guys want the money, both as like an insurance policy on their health, but also, I mean, these guys need to make a living too. Not that, you know, losing 20% of a million dollars, you you still can't make a living off 800000 but I mean, that's $200,000, essentially like an insurance policy, like life insurance. You know, if something were to happen that they never get to play again, $200,000 goes a long way in the future. Um, yeah, and I mean, and it's like for the players, it's obviously different for them because they're they're not going to get that money back. Whatever they defer, they're not going to get it back, like, period. And, well, they defer like 20% and they get like three and a half back in escrow. Yeah. So you think about it, you still lose 17% of your salary. They're ultimately not getting that money back. The owners, on the other hand, they made a business investment. Like, yeah, they've had a rough year or two, but they have the chance to make up that money for the upcoming years and then when they ultimately decide to sell the team. So I think that played a big part of it too. Oh, it absolutely did. And I mean, there's a lot of people around that that were thinking, oh, the greed, this and that, you know. You got to think about it though. Even though guys are, you know, the top end of the NHL is Connor McDavid making twelve and a half million a year. You figure twenty five percent of that, he's losing about three and a quarter million dollars, um, which it's a lot of money to just give up. Granted, he still makes more than sixty percent of the league at that cap hit, but um, I don't know. You think about it. You look at baseball. These some of these guys, dude, are making like thirty million dollars a year. Yeah. They're making triple what McDavid's making. And McDavid's far more talented than some of those guys in almost any way. You know, totally different sports. I get that. But, I mean, you look at the value he brings to the sport of, you know, hockey versus what one of 20 pitchers who make $30 million bring to the sport. I mean, you take one of those guys away, the sport still has a ton of value. But you take a McDavid away and you're basically taking away the future of the league. So, Those guys certainly had a viable gripe, but, you know, people don't really understand kind of the whole player side. And even, you know, we may work for an NHL team kind of in their, in their divisions, but we don't even understand what it's like for those players. We have a better understanding and appreciation than most, but it's certainly still something that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. And I think that the fact that it was renegotiated, not even half a year ago, Mm-hmm. was a was a problem too but like we said i'm just glad that they were able to kind of work it out and get over things and realize that you know the best thing for us to do is quit fighting and just get on the ice and we'll figure things out later so yep gary bettman made the right call just sucking it up and dealing with it 
Very be- sneaky negotiator, man. He gets a lot of heat, but I tell you what, I, I don't Dude, know, he, man. He just knows what's up. I feel like <laughs> he's really underrated. He may get booed a lot, and I don't really care, but um, I think he's definitely an underrated uh, commissioner. He's pretty solid at his job. He knows what he's doing, and he definitely does a good job with kind of doing both sides, you know, players and uh, the association and stuff and the owners. So, um, But let's get into our top four teams here. Um, in the East Division, we have Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Caps. Um, I can start by giving you my four if you'd like, um, and I'm going to go in order unless you feel like you're ready to start. Go for it. I'm going to start out. It's going to be Washington. They're going to win the East. Um, even with Ilya Samsonov having very little experience, um, they're a good enough regular season team that I have reason to believe they just win this division because it's Washington. Um, my number two team, surprise, is going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. Ooh. Carter Hart, baby. Carter Hart. <laughs> um, the Penguins come in third and Boston in fourth. Tuka Rask is getting older. Um, they don't have David Pasternak for the start of the year or Brad Marchand. Um, those are huge losses for them to start the year. And as we know, this is not a marathon. This is a dead sprint from game one. Yep. And if you get down three, four, five games out of first, it's awful tough to climb back because momentum in this season is going to be huge. If you lose momentum, you better get it back fast. Yep. But I think it's Pitts- it's going to be Pittsburgh at three, Philly at two, Washington at one, and Boston at four. Um, I think that those are easily the four best teams. Certainly a team like the Rangers or um, the Islanders could make a run, but I just don't think they quite have what it takes. The Rangers are just too young. The Islanders don't have the offense to keep up. Um, and the Devils and the, the Sabres, they're just kind of easily the bottom two, even with Taylor Hall going to Buffalo. Um, but I believe that the top three teams are Metro teams in Boston and the Atlantic simply because of not having Pasternak or Marchand and the status of Chara is kind of up in the air. I mean, certainly he's not been you know a top defenseman, but he's not signed. And if you lose a guy like that, that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of size. And they lost Tory Krug. So, I mean, it's not the same team anymore. Right. McAvoy's great, but at Tory Krug, that's a tough loss. That that's it's going to be big for them. But um, yeah, getting into mine, I don't. This division is going to be. A dog fight, and mm-hmm. you you almost feel bad for teams like Buffalo, where you add Taylor Hall, you finally you get, get some excitement, finally get some excitement on that team, and you're just thrown into you know the division of death, if you will. Yep. Um, I do, however, think that one of the top four teams that we're used to seeing, like you mentioned, Boston, Pittsburgh, Philly, Washington. I do think that one of those teams is not going to get in. And I'm really struggling to figure out as to which one will as of right now. But if I had to pick right now, my top four teams, I would go Philadelphia at number one. I'd put Pittsburgh at two, Boston at three. And I think I'm going to leave out the Capitals for either the Islanders. interesting. For either the Islanders or the Rangers, I'm leaning more towards the the Islanders just based off of what we saw at the bubble this year, mm-hmm. where 
you know, everyone expected that since it was shorter, more condensed, that a lot of the more skilled teams were going to win. When in actual, like when in reality, we saw a lot of the teams that kind of, you know, played more defensively sound, played the system, were able to prevail. So I am going to leave the Capitals out, and I'm going to put the Islanders in, and I'm going to leave the Capitals out for the reason, for the sole reason of their goaltending. I know Braden Holpe was kind of meh last year, but he still brought that veteran leadership. I think losing Henrik Lundqvist hurts this team a ton. Mm-hmm. I know I might be putting a little bit too much weight into backup goaltenders, but we still don't know 100% what Samsonov is. I mean, we saw him play, I, can't, I think he played a couple games against Pittsburgh, and he was just, he was not good. So All well, the Pens have a history of beating up on rookies that the Washington Capitals put out there. This is true. This is true. But uh, I think that team, I don't, I don't know. I'm not too excited about their back end, specifically, like, Carlson Schultz. You know, I hated that signing for them. Um, I I don't think Brendan Dillon is necessarily a game changer for them. Nick Jensen took a step back. I think their seventh guy is either Siegenthal or Trevor Van Riemsdyk. I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of question marks on that blue end or on that blue line, and they need. They need Ovi to still be Ovi. Like with the Penguins, I feel like the Penguins have enough surrounding pieces, like Gensel, Zucker, mm-hmm. Rust, Kapanen, um, you know, Marino, Pedersen. I feel like they have enough of a surrounding cast. Whereas if the stars kind of fall off a little bit, that they're able to pick the core up. I don't know if Jacob Verana or Tom Wilson or you know. If if Genny Kuznetsov can play like he did a couple years ago when he when they beat the Penguins and won their first cup, then I could completely see this going the other way. But I don't know if they necessarily have the pieces that could build them back up. And like you said, they're a great regular season team, so I could be completely wrong about this. But I just I just have a feeling that one of the top four dogs in this team or this division is going to be bounced out. And right as of right now, I would probably say Washington. See. I can totally see that in the Islanders getting in over Washington. Now, granted, I know I put Washington at one. I just did it because of Washington's regular season history. Um, they are going to have a new coach, um, aren't they? I forgot to mention. They have uh, Pete Laviolette. Yeah, Laviolette. He's got a lot of experience. And I think the reason I believe these four teams are the ones that get in is experience. I mean, Philly, Carter Hart's just unreal. But they have Giroux. They have Boracek. They have Konechny, who is absolutely shooting up the list of forwards in the NHL. They still have Couturier. Uh, Morgan Frost is very underrated. If Nolan Patrick gets healthy and manages to play, he's dynamite. Um, you know, Their back end is just lights out. Very, very, very good. Um, I couldn't even name all the guys. I just know that they're very good. I, The thing for me, you know, Washington, sure, Samsonov's got very little experience, but you still have Carlson. He's going to chew up your minutes. He's your Latang. He's actually probably better than Latang. He's getting older for sure, but I would say forward. I think their depth is a little bit better than kind of a lot of people think. You know, Vrana is a 30 goal caliber uh, forward player on that second line, most likely with Backstrom. Because um, Kuznetsov is going to be your first line guy, probably with Ovi um, and Tom Wilson. Ugh. Can't believe I just said that. But. <laughs> Uh, TJ Oshie is still a solid forward. Can't take anything away from him. 
Um, I think a dark horse for them is as crazy as it sounds. Daniel Sprong. Yeah, that Daniel would be. Sprong becomes <sighs> who the Penguins thought he was going to be. That could be kind of nasty, and, and and they have a lot of question marks. I mean, certainly, like you said, their back end is not good, um, as like it used to be. Um, but I think the biggest thing right now is a matter of what do those bottom four teams do? The Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, and the, the Sabres. The Sabres, I don't think, really have a shot. Mm-mm. Their goaltending and their defense is too bad. I mean, Darlene's unreal, but everything else is just terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think we can very easily draw the line. We could go New Jersey, Buffalo, whatever order, and then there's the talent gap right there. Yep. Easily. Because the Rangers, I mean, if, if uh, Shesterkin plays like he did last year, lights out. The Islanders and Farlamov plays like he did last year. Yeah. Lights out. And, I mean, I mean the Rangers Lafreniere could go off for the Rangers. Lafreniere, Capo Caco. I mean, Panarin. they still have Panarin. Zabenejad. Oh, man. Adam I, I mean, I, that's what They're I, my fifth team. If I had to expand to five, the Rangers are five. I just, like I said, I just feel like there's going to be one of these top four teams that drops out. And honestly, I think it's going to be either Pittsburgh or Washington. I just have a feeling. It. Well, it's because the top end talents can be so much older. And I, I, I would give Pittsburgh the slight edge as of right now. That's, I mean, the health of Pittsburgh, but also the goaltending. I would give the edge to Jari over Samsonov. Right. But I think I, mean, I know Rangers, I have them at two, but. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers are my fifth team. And I think if any of the four drops out for me, it's Boston because of a slow start without Pasternak and Marchand and adjusting to life without Tori Krug. It's a lot. I, I mean, mean, they lost a lot. They, they didn't really bring in a whole lot either. No, they didn't. Um, but enough about the East. Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> We could go on and on about the East. We could do a whole pod oh, yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> the Central Division, that's made up of Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, for me, Tampa Bay is not going to have Nikita Kucherov for the start of the year. Um, that's a huge loss. I mean, I know that they still have Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Yanni Gord, Anthony Sorelli, Hedman, Sergachev, Vasilevsky. I mean, they're a stacked team. They're an all-star team. My number one team in this division, and it's a total dark horse, the Carolina Hurricanes. I, could, I like it. I think Carolina is a young enough team with Rod Brindamore, one of the best coaches in the NHL, no question. The dude could still play if he wanted to. I mean, you look at him. He's an animal. <laughs> Um, I'm putting Carolina at one. Number two for me is Dallas. I still think they're a really, really, really good team. Even without Sagan to start the year, I think they have enough depth. I think they have, which is really scary to say about Dallas because they never do. I think their goaltending is just so good and their defense, Miro Haskinen, is going to take a huge leap. Number three for me is going to be Tampa Bay. And number four, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hmm. My fifth team is actually... The Florida Panthers, I just don't think they have the talent to keep up. Chicago's missing um, Kirby Doc and now Jonathan Taves, potentially for the entire year. Detroit, I mean, they're the bottom, no question. And Nashville, I just don't know because UC Soros is very untested and Pekka Rene is not Pekka Rene anymore. And that team, even with Duchesne, not good enough. And Chicago lost Corey Crawford. They're running with Malcolm Subban. Nothing against him, just not Corey Crawford. So my top four goes Carolina, Dallas. Tampa Bay, Columbus. So you're going to see a lot of the same things with mine. Uh, I think we have one team that's different. I am going to put Dallas at number one, even though they're without Sagan. 
I'm um, a big fan of that move. You know, I love the stars, baby. <laughs> I just think I, I think Dallas is they're just a sound team, man. Like they got a great back end. They have good forward depth, and most importantly, they have good goaltending. I think that good goaltending is going to be able to carry people through this, you know, the shortened season or what have you, and mm-hmm. uh, along with defense. So Dobby. if I'm looking, if I, oh man, he's insane. If I'm looking at that, I'm going to put Dallas at one. I'm going to have Tampa Bay at number two. Um, this team is still freaking loaded, even without Kucherov. And, you know, they have Vasilevsky, they have Point, they have Stamkos, they have, um, who, I'm sure I'm missing a ton of people, Hedman. The um, whole lineup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? The defenseman, Sergeyev. Like, like th- this team's loaded. I only have them at number two just because they won't have Kucherov for, you know, the you whole never season, know what you're going to get with Stammer either. That's true. But I think you're going to see a determined Stammer this season. I know a lot of people with the trade rumors and all stuff like that. I, I think I you're going to see a more motivated kind of Steven Stamkos. Not like he was back in his, I guess you could say he's still kind of in his prime. But I mean, he's not scoring um, 60 goals anymore. Yeah, no, he's not doing that. But I, I think he's going to lead this team. Um, Braden Point's probably their best player right now outside of Kucherov. No question. So, no question. Um, so I got Dallas, Tampa Bay. Carolina at number three for the same reasons you mentioned. Um, great young team, good coach. Um, we saw it kind of in the in the um, in the bubble that the future is clearly bright for this team. And then at number four, I'm going to put the Nashville Predators. I like it. Um, obviously, the question marks in net, but I think this team is absolutely stacked on the four. Obviously, on defense, they have. Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Eckholm, uh, Fabro. Um, I think they signed Borowiecki. I really like that move for them. Dude, I love and him. Their their forward depth. I mean, you talked about they have Duchesne, they have Johansson, Forsberg. They just signed Eric Halla, who's a, I know you're a big fan of. Huge so, Eric Halla fan. I, I think that team. I think that they resigned Granlin too. So well, I, did I they think get they for have, Benino again. Um, they got Kunin. Uh, oh, Kunin. I, I mean, he's not. Bad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they have him signed yet, though. I think he's RFA. I think he's still even um, RFA. It's not gonna like yeah. it's not like he's gonna cost much. Give him a seven hundred thousand I mean, for a year, right? And and I think they kind of turned it around towards with with John Hines behind the bench, former Wilkes Barrel coach. So shout out to him. But um, I, I think this team has enough to push for that four spot. Columbus love Torts, you know, but I I don't know if they have enough high end. Um, talent to kind of get back to where they were last year. Florida. I I have depth issues with Florida. I, I they lost Hoffman, they lost a couple other guys. Their forward group's kind of a mess right now. They added Hornquist with Florida. Which <laughs> they they added Hornquist. I mean Oh, they did add Duclair. I like that signing for them, but um I don't I think they needed more guys like Hornquist, so I think he's going to be a step in the right direction for them. I just don't think that they did enough. I think the problem with the Hornquist deal for them is he brings a lot this year, but what's he going to bring next year? Right. So, I I don't know. They don't have the center depth either. They traded away Trocheck, and that was a mistake. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that one. That was that was more of like let's get a lot of as many assets back as we can, opposed to getting like equal skill, which. They got Spencer I'm never Knight a fan of Spencer Knight's a freak, but Bobrovsky's signed for the next like millennium. Yeah, they're a weird. Let's just put it at that. They're a weird team. I don't yeah. think 
they're gonna make it. I, I think you might not even in that see, division. I think you could see a surprise firing with that team too. I think Joel Coinville could be out after that, whether it's he gets fired or he just says, you know what, I, I don't I don't want to do this anymore here. You know, so, it'd be kind of funny. What's that? They trade Bobrovsky to the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Where's Edmonton getting that cap? Clef bomb. Uh, I think that's all they really need to do because he's on our, He's going to go on LTIR. He's going to miss the whole season. Yeah, but I could um, see it. I mean, heck, they get him for a year. He plays lights out with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and then he gets moved to like Minnesota or something stupid. <laughs> he just rots for the next six years. But yeah, I think Florida's still confusing as, as all can be. Yep. And um, like you mentioned, Chicago without Taze, without Doc, they were rebuilding anyway. They were never really going to be a threat, I don't think. And then Detroit. You know, everyone knows what's going on in Detroit, so. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go into the West Division. Uh, we got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado Avalanche, the Kings, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. I think with this division, there's a pretty clear-cut top four. I really don't think there's anybody else that's going to contend. I think you're looking at the Kings, the Coyotes, and the Ducks, basement, San Jose, basement. Um I don't think the Ducks have enough, even with John Gibson. I think because Getzlaff is getting way too old and their high-end prospects are too young. Even with Jake Sanderson, the next Ryan Whitney, bigger ears, just the same kind of player. <laughs> um, I think that really, number one for me is the Avs. I don't think it's close. Um, yeah. I think Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, I mean, Kale McCarr, uh, what's-his-face, Ryan Graves. Um, they have another defenseman too. That's pretty sick. Bowen Byram. Byram. Yep. I mean, like that team, just unbelievable. They get that pick from the Sens and they get Bowen Byram to go with Kale McCarr. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Moving on. <laughs> uh, number two for me is going to be Vegas. Um, number three, the Minnesota Wild. Oh, I think they have what it takes. I think that goaltending might be a little bit better because defense is going to be a little bit better. I think their forward. Their forwards are going to play a much more defensive style than normal, and they're a very defensive first team. Uh, and number four is going to be the St. Louis Blues. Krug coming in is a huge addition. Don't really know what Tarasenko brings anymore. He's very much a question mark, being that he hasn't really played in two years. He's injured, um, so right? I think he's going to start the year, but I, he's just not himself. I mean, he's he hasn't played yeah. in like two years. Yeah. Still got Ryan O'Reilly. Still got Binner. Um Binner kind of fell off last year. I wonder if he maybe will be like a Murray type that just had a stupid run and just never really recaptures the form. I have more confidence in Binner than I would in Murray to keep that going. Um, but that defense, I mean, I know that uh, it happened kind of midseason, but Bo Meester being gone, that's tough for them still. Um, they really didn't sign anybody to make up for it. So um, – the top two are pretty easily the top two with Colorado and Vegas. Then it's Minnesota, St. Louis. I don't think San Jose is really close because Martin Jones is so bad. Yeah. Um, Devin Dubnik is not going to solve the problem. Um, their forwards are good. Once they get healthy, they're a solid team. Um, Carlson, Burns, still good. Burns is on the back end, though, probably on like the 18th hole out of 17. Um, <laughs> he's not coming back. Um the Kings are too young, rebuilding. Quick's not the same. The Ducks, John Gibson's a wild card, and he could just carry them. And the Yotes, to me, are a wild card as well. Lots and lots of high-end talent. Phil Kessel, Oliver ekman Larson, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz. I mean, Barrett Hayton. Good players. Just I don't think they're ready, and they're not going to put it yeah. together. Kemper or Ranta, I don't think either one's enough. 
Um, Kemper probably more than Ranta, but Kemper, I don't know what he's going to do with that defense. And OEL, I don't know how he's going to play. So that's where I'm going with the West. So I'm going to have, much like you do, I'm going to have the Avs at one. And I'm just going to throw it out there. The Avs are going to be my cup favorite this year. Um, just absolutely loaded team. Nothing else that we need to say. Just, just absolutely insane team. Um, number two, I'm also going to have the Golden Knights. Um, I think they still have a good team. I think with Flurry being able to start for Dubnik whenever he's out, it's going to be good for them. And then whenever, or not Dubnik, sorry, um, Laner. So when Laner's out, and then Laner will come back. They'll have Flurry and Laner will get to start the controversy again. We'll have the um, Flurry agent memes again. It's going to be fantastic. But um, he'll be gone when Leonard's back. My prediction now. Think so? He gets traded. Yep. I could see it. His agent won't let it happen. So I think Vegas is going to be number two, and then like we mentioned, there's kind of a a drop off there. Um, I have St. Louis at three. I think, like you mentioned, you know, Bennington had kind of an off year last year. Um, he's. I'm going to look for him to bounce back. I think that you know he's not going to be like Murray and he's going to be able to kind of get back to where he was at a couple years ago in the playoffs. I like their forward group. I love Brian O'Reilly, Braden Shen. He's tormented the Penguins for years when he was in Philadelphia. Um, brings back a lot of bad memories. But Jaden Schwartz, they just signed um, Hoffman. I think that's going to be good for them. Well, you know, Tarasenko is kind of up in the air. Um, a guy that I really like, Tyler Bozak, still there. Uh, Perron. Always been kind of weird. Perron's been, I don't know. Perron and St. Louis. Weirdest players. Like, that's what I mean. Like they're they're kind of like the boyfriend and girlfriend that like break up all the time and then get back together and then break up all the time and get back to get back together. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but um, also, he's been really good. Should have been a penguin. One hundred percent. You don't have to get me started. <laughs> <But> <laughs> perfect third line center, but that's for another day. Um. Perron, for as weird as he is, he does good in St. Louis, so good for them. Um, they still have Sunquist, former Penguin. We're not going to talk about that trade because that's going to bring back a lot of controversy too. Non-flashbacks. Um, <laughs> on the back end, they got Falk. Hopefully he's able to bounce back in a bigger role this year. They signed Tory Krug. Um, you know, still Tory Krug. Pareko, I love, has a, love him as a player. Um, they have Scandella, Gunnarsson. Don, I think Dunn's going to be able to take the next step, and then they still have Bortuzzo, former Penn as well, like his game a Bobby lot. Bortuzzo. So I think I, I think that uh, St. Louis will be third, and then coming in at four, I'm going to have Minnesota. So good looks. I think I think I think they improve the goaltending a little bit this offseason. I mean, Cam Talbot's a, a you know a serviceable goaltender. I think he's better than what they had last year. I don't think he's enough to make them a serious contender. I think he'll be able to get them in, but I, I, I don't know. Um, some of the moves Billy Guerin's made, you know, he brought in Nick Bonino, uh, Nick Bukestad. He's brought in a lot of veteran, you know, forwards, defensemen. Don't, per- don't forget Kirill Krafrizov. And don't forget the addition of that guy. I can't pronounce his name very well, but I know <laughs> exactly who he is. KHL all-world exactly. player. Yep, he is going to be an absolute stud for that team. Um, you know, they were one of the more, pretty sure they finished the season before the pause. They're, they're 
pretty much one of the hottest teams in the league because they're they were really low and then they just went on a huge run and were just outside the playoffs at the pause and then had a decent showing in the bubble. So didn't they um, fire their I, coach I, and just go on a heater? Yeah, <laughs> they just I'm, went off. I'm looking at but, their schedule. They finished last. Oh, I, I can't even look back anymore. Oh, never mind. I was gonna look back. I'm pretty sure they won like ten out of fifteen. Just yeah, like, they were. They were nuts at the end of the last season. I know they were a couple points out, and then they got to the bubble. I can't remember how that went. I think they played Vancouver, right? I'm pretty sure they yeah. put them right to the end. So they gave them a um, gave them a series. I think they lost in four. Yeah, I mean they gave them a good good run for their money. So I I look for them to take the next step forward. Um, just outside, like I like you mentioned, I think Anaheim's in the basement. I think the Kings are going to be in the basement. I think they're way too young. They are going to be absolutely stacked, though. They're, they're middle of the ice. Their top three centers in four years are going to be the top three centers like in that entire division. Their entire division. Yep. No question. Yep. And they're sick. I think Arizona, love Rick Tockett. Um, you know, Phil Castle obviously done a lot for the Penguins. I think they're kind of I think they're in a weird spot too with Florida now where they they lost the GM. They kinda they they're without their draft picks, I think, last year. Are they still without the draft pick this year or do they get their Yeah, back? they lost like a first this year or they lost a second no they lost a second i think they lost a couple picks they they pay a couple guys just a ridiculous amount of money um, <laughs> yeah keller they, they, first uh, year of like a 7.8 million yeah and the ekman larson contract i know he means a lot to that team but that contract is a poison pill um, oh my god it's so bad kessel makes a ton of money for this kind the of production year that they deal, though. true and then I think what one of their other kind of fringe top six guys has a real long deal for like four million dollars. I can't remember which one it is. Mm, I can't remember I if it's Dvorak or if it's Fisher. It's but, Fisher because Dvorak didn't sign that big of a deal. I think he signed like a one year deal. But they just traded Step on. You know, we're seeing like they're starting to um, dump salary. So I, th- I think they're going to be in for a bit of a reboot this year. They're going to take a step back. But. Yep. Um, well, like yeah, that, that's I know how you I and I that. are very similar in terms of our views on the league. Um, you can even tell we have basically the exact same top fours in all three divisions. But now we get into what could be the most intriguing division um, in terms of kind of just anything can happen. Because I would say six out of seven teams in this division could make the playoffs and make a legit run. Absolutely. I think Ottawa's the team in the basement. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't think the addition of Muzz is enough. Um, Shabbat's still really good, don't get me wrong. Kachuk's good, but I don't think they're good enough. Um, truly, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, they could all make a run. I mean, it, it's like, I can't even like pick a, a middle two on this. I think my fourth team here pretty comfortably is Edmonton. I'm starting with four because I just don't think that they're in the top three. Um, my top team, I'm going with Vancouver. I think Holtby and Demko, dude, come on. Yep. Thatcher Demko is an absolute beanpot legend and such a sick goalie. He's so good. He balled in that series against Vegas. Not even fair how good he is. Um, I'm going with Vancouver at one. Number two for me, I'm going to go with Toronto. Um, I think they're still really, really good. Um, they're a good regular season team. I think not having to deal with Boston and Tampa, they're going to dummy half the teams in this division the entire season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm taking Montreal third. I think 
Carey Price found the fountain of youth a little bit. I think he kind of regained what he needed to. I mean, he still played well against Philly. They just weren't nearly as good as what Philly was in that return to play. Um, right. If you look at it, they got uh, Niemi. He's going to take a big step. You look at what he did in the playoffs. Suzuki's sick. Dano's sick. Um, what's his face uh, that they got from Tampa a while back for Sergachev? Um, uh, Druin. Druin, sick. Not fair. Josh Anderson, terrible contract, but really good player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a god-awful contract. And whatever it is yeah. in Montreal and handing out seven, eight-year deals for stupid money, they got to stop. <laughs> but Brendan Gallagher, just a pain in the ass to play against. The worst. Yep. Patrick Hornquist. Um, he is. He's a very similar style player. Um, their bottom line's decent. Their depth is okay. I would say their top two lines are pretty solid. They're not any high-end crazy talent. Druin's probably... Um, number two, and I would say Kukaniemi's number one in terms of pure talent. Um, their blue line, pretty solid. I mean, Petrie's there. You got uh, Shea Weber still. Um, who's the one guy that can't score goals that's still really good? Um, Sherratt? Uh, yeah. I mean, he scored like two against the Penguins, I think. But anyways, everybody oh, scored P- against Petrie. the Penguins. Uh, is it Petrie that can't score? I don't know. There's one dude that like didn't score a goal for like two years. Yeah, he didn't score a goal for two years, and he won the first game of overtime. It was Petrie. That's right. Okay. Um, yep. <laughs> Gary Price, and then I don't even know who their backup is, but it really doesn't matter because they're just going to ride. Jacob Allen. Oh, that's right. It is Jake Allen. Hmm, good Good deal. Um, they're going to ride Price into the ground. You know it. I know it. It's not going to be a question. Um, and then, like I said, Edmonton, number four. I think the talent's really what really well set. But I don't know if goaltending is good enough. I think that's the story with Edmonton every year. And they don't have Clefbaum. They're not going to have him all year. Yep. And their depth is still terrible. Yeah. Did they even sign Athens to see you? No, he went to the Kings. Oh, that's right. He did go to the Kings. Never mind. So, yeah, they lose Athens to see you. Did, they signed Ennis, though, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, so they still got Ennis. I mean, he flies. But you got McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Yamamoto's a tank. Little dude, but he's just crazy good. Um, but outside of that line, once again, I don't know who else plays for the Edmonton Oilers. Josh Archibald's a top six freaking forward in Edmonton. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like Darnell Nurse. Uh, what's the dude? The Ethan Bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, like outside of those guys, who does Edmonton even have? I just don't understand that team. You got you're wasting Connor McDavid. Yeah, give him to someone else. That's my top four in the North. So, much like you said, this division, and I told you about this, we were talking earlier, this division in the, the East were just absolute toss-ups, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head where you could have six teams in this division that could make the playoffs. The only team being Ottawa that doesn't really have that much of a chance, I don't think. Yep. So, um, my number one team is going to be Toronto. Um, I think, like you said, they're going to benefit from not having to play Boston, the other Atlantic teams. I think they will kind of dominate the style of this division. I think, you know, there's a lot more heavier teams in this division, like Calgary. Um, You know, Winnipeg can play a bit of a heavy game. They're really skilled, though. Um, Edmonton, even, too. Like, I I think Edmonton plays kind of a slower you know, not skilled game. Um, I think Toronto is clear favorites in this division. Just best roster, best makeup, best players. Yep. Um, so they're going to be number one. 
I'm going to put the Calgary Flames at number two. Whoa. And <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to do this because I really, really liked what they did in the offseason this, this uh, you know, a couple months ago. Um, still have Johnny G. Still have Monaghan. Um, Lynn Holmes, a stud. Kachuk. Me, you and I are big fans of Sam Bennett. Oh, um, Sam Bennett. Another 24 sure, draft pick. Not sure about the Dominic Simone deal, yeah. but hey, you know what? We'll take it. Whatever, um, dude. That back end, they, they signed Tanev. I think they finally fixed their goaltender situation with Markstrom. He's going to be a huge upgrade over, um, who was it last year? Riddich or Talbot, I think. They David Riddich, yeah. I think that was the main guy that he started the most games. Got Giordano, Hannafin. Uh, Anderson's really good. I like Tanev a lot. Valamaki. Valamaki's oh, a stud. I know you're a big fan of that guy. Sick. Um, Killington, I think, is going to take the step forward. And then a lot. I, I guy that I really like and I think is going to break out this year in their forward group is Dubé. I mean, we saw it in yep. the in the um, in the bubble where he was just absolutely unreal. I and agree. So I think Calgary. Based off of the moves that they made, I'm not sure how much damage they can make in the playoffs. I know we t- this team gets a lot of heat, no pun intended, for, <laughs> <I like it. laughs> um, for kind of coming up short in the playoffs. But I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. I'm going to have them at number two. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to have Montreal at number three. Yes, um, I like it. I liked what we obviously you and I got to see it firsthand what this team's capable of when they took out the pens in the first round yep. and then gave it to the flyers, pretty much gave them all that they could handle or wanted to handle. Um, you mentioned they've drew in, they got Anderson still have the tar. I liked it to fully signing tar and to fully. Holy smokes. Yep. Um, big fan of Gallagher, Paul Byron. I think he's super underrated. Um, the nose sick. Uh, what's his face? Kovalchuk. Did they did they sign Kovalchuk? They could. I, mean, I said you could see him. Oh yeah, he wants um, to go there. I like Lekin in uh, the younger guys that we mentioned. Kotkaniemi going to be an absolute stud. Nick Suzuki going to be an absolute stud. I like the Corey Perry signing too, giving them a little bit of veteran kind of grittiness. You know, um, mixing it up a little bit. I like the back end. I like the addition of Edmondson on the back end. I think he's going to make a difference. Um, you still have Weber. You got Petrie, who doesn't ever score unless it's a game one of a playing round against the Penguins in overtime. <laughs> uh, he's but he's still sound. Sherratt's sound. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the debut of Romanoff. I know they're really looking forward to seeing what that kid's all about. They tried to sneak him in to the play-in against the Penguins. So, yep. um, former second-round pick. I think he's going to be a good player for them too. And like you mentioned, they still have Carey Price. They added Jake Allen, so now they at least have a respectable number two option. So you know they're gonna they're gonna ride Carey Price for a lot of games. But if he ever needs a break, like, you know you're gonna have a decent backup, a chance to win with Jake Allen. So um, I'm gonna put Montreal at three. I gotta hop in real quick. We were wrong about who it was that didn't score. It was Mete. He didn't <sighs> score 17 and 18. He scored four goals last year. Um, Petrie has scored double digit goals the last three years. <laughs> Just want to make really? a correction. Yeah, he's got double digits the last three. Oh man. Don't forget about Brett Kulak either. Wow, Dang. we were way wrong then. I mean, I just knew that I knew it was somebody younger, but the like Petrie sounded right because he's you know, Petrie, but Mete. I yeah. swore they said that Petrie never oh well. 
But but you look at they got Kale Flurry too. Duke can make a big jump. Yeah, I mean they 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 have a really good team right now, and they got a bunch of young guys coming up. They have a ton of picks too. I think they have like I think they have most picks six, next draft. I think they have six picks within the first three rounds, and I think they had like four first round picks last year. So Something like that. I mean, for as much heat as Bergevin gets, I think he's done a pretty good job with this yep. team. So, um, look for them to make, you know, continue off their success from the bubble. And then my fourth team is going to be the Edmonton Oilers as well. Um, you got you can, it's hard to bet against McDavid and Drysaitel. Um, I think those two alone are enough to power this team to a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Again, Lake Calgary, is it going to get you that far? I don't know, but. I think that they're they're enough to will them to a playoff spot. Um, I like the addition of Turris. Pujarvi seems like he's finally going to be able to get onto this team. They're finally able to sort out that situation. And another underrated signing for this team that I'm surprised you didn't pick up on was our guy, Dominic Cahoon. My God. He's going to be a good depth piece for that team. I'm I'm still mad that Penguins... Yeah, I'm still I'm still upset with the Penguins for trading away Cahoon. Sick hands, great depth piece. He worked greatly as we saw alongside Gino. So might work um, well with Drysital then. That's what I exactly. So I, I think you're going to be able to plug and play him with either McDavid or Drysital because he clearly proved that he can hang with the top guns. So yep. um, still have Ennis um, on their back end. They have Darnell Nurse, Adam Larson, uh, two guys. You know, not anything one special, one. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam Larson, he just he gets a bad rep, but he's a solid defenseman though, nonetheless. Um I like the signing of Tyson Barry. I think that's gonna be a high upside signing for them. I think he's gonna help their power play out a lot. Um I think a lot of people look back at a season with Toronto last year, much like Cody CC, obviously not as much as Cody CC because Barry was a headliner kind of acquisition with the Cadre trade and how bad that seems to have ended up for them. But um I think he's gonna be able to turn the corner here with Edmonton. Um, like I said, helped their power play out a lot. Ethan Bear, good young defenseman. Um, and then they also have Caleb Jones, who's not bad either. And then what's the, they just picked a couple guys. They have a couple young defensemen. They just picked in like the top 15 or 10. I think Broberg's Bouch- one. And then Bouchard. Bouchard. Bouchard's the one that I'm going to look at. I think he's going to make the team be able to make it. I think, I think the biggest, biggest thing that hurts this team, like you said, is that they are pretty top heavy. Um, and then also, their goaltending is just not good. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> never putting it, good. Putting it that way. Um, are they, are they running with Mike Smith again? Or yeah, Koskinen yeah, and Smith. God. So, um, kind of surprised they didn't throw big money at Markstrom, but then again, they're paying a lot of guys. They're kind of cap strapped, so um, not that surprising, I guess. And then losing Clefbaum for however long he's out is going to hurt this team too. He's easily their best defenseman. So, yep. um, I think I'm just shocked you left Vancouver out because Calgary to me. They're very top heavy as well. They're middle, they're like down the middle, they're good, but their wingers are bad once you get off the first two lines. Right. But like no, Giordano's a huge question mark year in and year uh-huh. out now. Mm-hmm. He was hurt. And it, it hurt me. Like, I really wanted to be it because of Holpe and kind of their acquisitions, but I think they lost a lot. You know, they lost to Foley, they lost Tanev. Sure, they got Nate Schmidt, but they're not really kind of the same player. Tanf plays with more of an edge, more of defensive style. I think their styles are a little bit different. Still have uh, Quinn Hughes. Quinn yep. Hughes is an absolute stud. So Petey, um, JT Miller, Pedersen, Bo Horvat. 
and that's another I don't know if JT Miller is going to be able to kind of produce the same way as much as I love him as a Pittsburgh kind of semi Pittsburgh guy um I don't know if he's going to be able to produce at the same level as he did last year. Same with guys like Tanner Pearson, former Penguin. I I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain success. Um, I see them I as a I team do, that flips for a big forward early. I see them as a team right now that lost a lot of pieces. Yeah, they got Schmidt, but I don't know if they have the guys on the roster now that are going to be able to elevate to make up for what they lost. Yeah. So, um, like I said, like... The, you got Holpe and Demko. Those two single-handedly could just wheel this team to a playoff spot. Like the margin from one through what is it five? Because there's, or is there seven teams? One through six. Yep. One through six. I mean, it was hard for me to leave Winnipeg out. I'm a huge. I love. I love the Jets. I mean, mm-hmm. probably outside of Edmonton, they might have the best offensive roster in this in this division. They're just loaded. Um, Hellebuck is. A Vesno caliber goaltender. I just think they're they didn't do enough to improve their defense. Um, I can't argue with it. I mean, it's definitely for sure. I was just kind of banking on offense and goaltending. I didn't really yeah. care about their defense because they got they still got Quinn Hughes. They still got uh, um, Tyler Myers. I mean, yeah, I I was going back and forth with Vancouver and Edmonton. Like I said, I mean, and like you said too, it, this division is going to be tough to predict. All the divisions really are kind of going to be a little bit tough to predict, but. The only um, easy one Canadian, for the West. Yeah, I'd say I'd say the West is pretty easy. Um, the Central, outside of Columbus and a couple other teams, could potentially make it. I don't know, but the East and the North for sure are the divisions that are dogfights. Dogfights going to be absolute toss up. So, yep. Well, we uh, we're going a little long here. Um, we won't get into playoff matchups because obviously it's one, four, two, three. Uh, we could go through our list here, but. If you had to pick one team from each division to represent in the conference finals, who would you take in the East and the Central out of your top four? Do you need me to read so them back? The Did you write them down? Yeah. So in the East, I am going to take. I hate to do it. I'm going to take the Flyers. Yep. And in the Central, I'm going to take Tampa because I'm going to I'm going to assume that they're going to be fully healthy by the time the playoffs start. Yeah, I can't uh, can't argue there. What about your uh, West and North division winners? I'm going to take Colorado in the West. Yep. And I'm going to take Toronto in the North. So no surprises for me. All my one seeds are going to make it out. Wow, that's uh, that is surprising. Um, I'm going to start with the West and the North. I'm also taking Colorado. That was uh, pretty much a no brainer for me. Um, my North Division, believe it or not, I'm taking Montreal. Ooh, I believe very highly in everything that they did this offseason. See, it's funny because I, as I was looking at my list one through four, Montreal was the one that I was kind of giving a second look to. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I went back and forth between Toronto and Montreal, and to me, a good carry price is better than any other goalie in the league. And like you said, Tatar, Toffoli, Drouin. Kotkaniemi. I mean, we've li- we've listed them off already, but they are one of the deepest teams. Their top nine, disgusting. Their top six defensemen, all are very good defensemen. They could all be top four any- anywhere. Yep. Uh, my central uh, winner, I don't want to go with Carolina. I don't want to go with Tampa Bay. I'm taking Dallas. Take the stars. I know you want to. <laughs> I think that 
their goaltending, whether it's Dobby, whether it's Bishop, I think they're that good. Um, Bishop could literally go on a run like he did two seasons ago and have like six shutouts in his last 10 starts. Um, Dobby could go on a run like he did this playoffs, this return to play. So I think they're a good enough team. They'll have Sagan back. They'll have Ben, Radulov, Hints. They'll have Gurianov, um, Haskinen, Klingberg, Lindell, Alexiak, Stephen Johns. I mean, they're great. They're a great team. They're very deep. And they got Jason Robinson coming up. Or Robertson. Huge addition if he makes the team. Uh, my East winner. Um, that's hard. It is. Because if, if I have Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Boston, it's Washington, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh. Um, I would take Pittsburgh over Philly, but I would take Boston over Washington. Because love Pasternak and Marshan back. I don't know. That's tough because a seven-game series of the Penguins in Boston—that's just great. Yeah, I. That was my big thing. I, I Boston has had our number for however many years now, especially in the playoffs. That's why, where I looked at mine, I had Boston three, Pittsburgh two. I think Boston would outlast the Penguins, and then Philly would be able to take care of the Islanders. So that's where my Philadelphia pick came from. I think the whole thing for me really comes down to goaltending between those two teams because if Rask isn't the same, they're screwed. That's true. I think Halak's a serviceable backup, though. I mean, Halak Halak'd the Penguins, but like that was also eight years ago. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to take the Penguins. It's a very homer pick. I'm going with the Penguins. It's probably not going to happen. I'm very wrong. Yeah, that would um, be great. I, I mean, me too. <laughs> um, I just believe in that series, if it's Penguins-Boston. Um, the Penguins' depth, I think, is going to be better because DeBrusque moves from a third line forward to a second. Um, and without Krug, McAvoy has all of the top lines. I don't know if he can handle all the top lines yet. Um, no, Chara's tough, and the rest of their defense isn't that great. I don't know what Krejci brings. Um, if he's going to be the same, he's getting very old. Bergeron's aging. Marshawn's aging. Good. Yeah, I, I think the Penguins and the Bruins are like, very similar teams, more so than the Penguins and the Caps are, because I would agree. You have Sid, Gino, and Latang for the Penguins. You know the core that's been here for however long. And then in Boston, you have Bergeron, Krejci. Um, guess you can't say Chara anymore um, yet. You know Rask, like, and then you have Pasternak. Well, on the Penguins, the Penguins' Pasternak would be Jake Gensel. And then you have, you know, the Brusque, a bunch of these other younger guys kind of filling in higher roles now. Captain the Brusque is your Rust. Brian Rust. Yep, I was going to say Brian Rust. So, and then McAvoy, I guess you could say he's kind of not, I guess he's kind of your Marino. So, yeah, I think those two teams are very, it's kind of odd. I, th- I think it's, they're, they're very similar with one another, more so than the Penguins and the Capitals are. And the Penguins and the Capitals are always compared to like, oh, which team's going to age out first, Sid, Ovi, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think the Penguins and the Bruins are very similar. And I think that would be an interesting storyline in that series because that would be kind of, I guess, the final act, if you will, of yep. for both of these cores. So. Well, if you look at it, your comparison is very true. Bergeron, Crosby, Krejci. I think Malkin has the edge over Krejci, no question. Charlie Coyle beats any center that we could put on our third line. Bluger beats Sean Corrali for the fourth center. Um, top right winger, 
obviously is Pasternak. I mean, we don't have anybody that can score the way he can. Gensel's very close. Um, Craig Smith will be their right wing two. Brian Rust, or you can go with Andre Kasha. Doesn't matter. Um, left wing Brad Marchand. That's Jason Zucker or Kapanen, DeBrusque, either of the other two. Anders Bjork, eh, he's all right. Nick Ritchie, not impressed. Greg McKegg, ooh, baby. <laughs> Cake stand, baby. Um, McAvoy and Grizzlick. Grizzlick, I'm not super impressed with. He's very young. Um, mm-hmm. Same with McAvoy. They're both young. McAvoy's their Latang. Grizzlick's their Dumo. Carlo, I don't know. Lauzon, not impressed. But otherwise, Clifton and John Moore, Kevin Miller, not impressed. Um, but like I said, it comes down to Tukan Halak. They're in their 15th and 14th seasons. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, very similar. I think the Penguins would beat them. Um, again, all depends on health. That's like the biggest thing in NHL in the NHL. Um, but if you had to pick, who's your Cup finalists? Penguins versus, or you have Flyers, Tampa, and then you have Colorado, Toronto. I'm gonna go with. So, see, it's tricky because they would receive them one through four. So, if I'm trying to think of who would be, I would say Colorado's probably first. Well, no, but they like the East and the Central. I think are like Eastern Conference. The West and the North, I think, are like Western Conference. I think or they just recede entirely. They're receding on one through four. Everyone. Oh I wow. Think. Okay. So out so, of those, so I would have Colorado first. Yep. I would have Toronto second. I would have Philadelphia third, and then I would have Tampa Bay would have to be four because they would finish second behind Dallas. Yep. So, oh, man, that, that's going to take my cup. The, the cup final is really going to be the, the third round then, Colorado-Tampa. Um, what a series that would be. That I'm would be go a with, dog fight. I'm going to go with Colorado. I think this is their year. Yep. I think this is the year that they break through. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be really rooting for that team. I just, I know, big fan of McKinnon. Big Sid guy, I th- I I wanted I thought Colorado was going to win it this past year. I thought they were clearly going to be the best team in the bubble, but they fell a little short. So I'm going to take Colorado over Tampa, and I'm going to take the Maple Leafs over Philly. I think I think this is going to be a season where, much like we've seen, the teams that kind of are always the prohibitive favorites break through. So we saw it with Tampa, we saw it in other sports, in baseball. We saw it with. Uh, the Dodgers finally getting their World Series. Mm-hmm. I think that theme's going to kind of continue here as we go along in this not bubble, but you know, restricted play kind of, if you will, with COVID. Um, so my that would make my Cup Finals the Avalanche versus the Maple Leafs, in which I will take the Avalanche in probably six games. Six games. You want to give me your goal differential too? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with uh with having Pittsburgh, Dallas, Colorado, Montreal, that makes Colorado my one seed, Dallas my two, Montreal my three, and Pittsburgh my four. Um, you get a series of Pittsburgh and Colorado as everybody has always wanted. I'm giving it to Colorado. Um, I think that they're just absolutely loaded. There's no team like them in the NHL. Um, they're not just top heavy. They have depth. They have anything you want. Um, so I have Colorado and then Dallas Montreal is an intriguing series. Um, I'm going with Dallas. Um, I think that Dallas just, they're a better team. I don't know if Montreal is going to hold up, um, entirely that long. So that gives me a final of Colorado and Dallas. And we get another series (laughs) of these two, um, 
I'm going Colorado as well. I, I don't really think anybody can match up with them. I hate to have the same, but I really just don't think there's teams that can match up with them this year. Um, they're just going to be too good. Uh, McKinnon's yeah. only going to get better. Um, I think that's a seven-game series, no question. That's just unbelievable. Um, have Dallas suffer heartbreak back-to-back years. Yeah, I hate to do it to them, but you know, if it would have been Dallas and any other team, I was giving it to Dallas. But um, I just, I think, truthfully, for me, the top three teams in the NHL: are Colorado, Dallas, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think there's a there's like a a tier gap there after those three. Mm-hmm. And you saw it this past year. I mean, Dallas was a team that nobody gave a shot to. They started out the year like oh seven and one. And they come out of nowhere to make the cup final because they ride their goaltending and defense. They don't need to score a lot. But I think Colorado just scores too much. It's crazy that <laughs> looking back at what we've said, we we think are the what's gonna be the most competitive division versus the worst competitive division and the team that or the division that we said would be most competitive we don't even have in the finals. Well, that's, whereas that's because the team Colorado that's in the worst division. <laughs> well that's that's because you had Colorado playing Tampa. West yeah. and Central, so you only get one out of those two, and then you had the Flyers and Toronto, and Toronto's a better team. So then you yeah. just had Colorado. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty comprehensive breakdown um, of the NHL, kind of what we think is going to happen um, seating, or not seating-wise, but you know, playoff-wise. We've made our predictions. Um, so we'll be, we're going to wrap it up here. Certainly had a lot to cover. Uh, thanks if you stuck around through this one. We hope that you're enjoying it. Um, we're going to be doing this, like I said, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, NHL drops on Tuesday, NFL on Thursday, um, through the rest of that season. Um, but I think, you know, overall next week, we're going to get into, uh, a little bit of our trophy predictions. Um, you know, the general yearly awards for the NHL. Um, and I think something else we're going to get into that's, you know, going to take a little bit of time, but I think we can get through it, um, you know, for the full episode, uh, picking the top score for each team. Um, pretty easy for most of them. Some of them are pretty tough, but I think it's pretty good to get into every team, get a little information. Um, certainly we are Penguins. Um, we are Penguins fans, and that's probably going to be our focus through the majority of the season, similar to how the Steelers are with the NFL. We're looking forward to doing the next one. See you guys. See you guys.